my pocket. Space. The oh. final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Adequate. Our continuing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something far superior. To review every episode of Star Trek and its movies. To seek out new guests and make them incredibly uncomfortable. To boldly go where most other Star Trek shows have gone before. Holy shit, <laughs> praise be to the great koala in the sky. It is Friday. That could only mean one thing. It's another episode of Trekking Up North. I am your captain, Captain Goodwill. And joining me, as ever, is the delectable Gysian from the planet Honk. Honk. Science officer, Snoise. Good evening, <laughs> sir. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Hello. How are you? Bloody hell. It's been it's been a week. It's mm. been a very, very busy week. And yeah, everything, mm. everything keeps falling apart in my life, which is uh, a lot of fun, to be fair. But it's good to get better at rolling with the punches, I think. Girl, same. Girl, yeah. same. Yes, it's yeah. um, it has been an interesting week on the USS Adequate. Uh, a lot <laughs> of punching bags have been destroyed. However, we are here for your entertainment and your unhinged comedy what was i going to say i don't know why is this not scripted um was it something about jam was it something about how you should never like you know cover a pig's trotter with jam because it'll just excite it because i've done that yes so we are <laughs> i just want to say actually before we begin i'm yep. really sorry for everyone who was expecting me to be streaming on Twitch on Sunday, uh, basically a thing came up and I couldn't stream because I was doing, I was at the Great North Run, which was very, very surreal, where basically my mate uh, Charitza May, uh, who's a drag queen, basically was like, hey, do you want to come with me to the Great North Run and cheer the runners on and stuff? So we were both in there, both there in drag, like 100 meters from the finish line. Wow. Uh, basically yelling support or silly things at the runners as they went past which is quite good and yeah it was it was a crazy day but then the rains came then the heavens opened. the heavens moistened <laughs> everyone i have to say though Teresa's a, a trained professional because i've never seen someone run that quickly for shelter ever really? <laughs> you know it was literally as soon because we saw like it because it, anyone who was around in the northeast on Sunday, like the sky just went dark, like it was like like it an was eclipse. Insane. Yeah, it just yeah. immediately, and we were like, uh, "What's this?" You know, and then like about a minute later, just bang. Uh, yeah, and then basically before it happened, Chuita was just like going, "We're just like the rains are coming, run faster," <laughs> you know, it to was... all these runners. It was, but then nuts. it was just monsoon. Yeah. It was just crazy. It was, it was, it was nuts because it, it, the heavens opened uh, further up north, but where I lived in mm. sunny seaside town of Deadcar, the mm. um, it was fairly warm and it was nice until the nerdy up north podcast started at seven thirty mm. and everything went <laughs> dark, everything went black, power started to fluctuate, and It'll then do that. and then literally. All the water in the on the planet opened. I just dumped on me, and it was crazy. And like, it, like the podcast itself was suffering because there was just. I think there was like forty or fifty lightning strikes at the same time. Like I turned the lights off, and it was like a disco in the heavens. 
There was just That's so crazy. much. It was insane. It was like a tropical storm. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Global it was warming. The fact is that it came so quickly, like mm. the day was just fine. Like yeah. you know, literally at the Great North Run, they had it like the sun was out. Uh, it had like the the red arrows were flying in the yeah. sky and stuff. It was just you know, and you're like, oh, what a great day. And then suddenly monsoon. You're like, where did this come? And no one had prepared for it. No, like, no one had. No one had brought like sort of. You know, because the day was so nice, nobody had thought to go. But we were lucky that we had like a what's it called a tent thing, a marquee. a marquee. We were lucky they had a marquee. But then obviously, when the rain started, we tried to fit as many people as possible under this marquee. So we're all like crammed up there, being like, "Okay." And the poor runners are still coming past, like absolutely soaked, but they're still doing it. And then the Dominion came and destroyed your marquee. <laughs> well, speaking of which. Uh, I, I love this. This episode of Lower Decks we're going to cover today is absolutely crazy because it has so many DS9 and TNG references. And and it made one, me laugh. Two, like it, <laughs> yeah, it's quite a few of them. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello to everyone in the chat. The lovely 52.5 foot tall Viking musician that is Adam Ashford, <laughs> who now has a new Facebook page. So if oh. you do follow Adam, he's got a swanky new page. So I, everyone should go and follow him. Search Adam Ashbridge Music on Facebook and you will find it. Adam, if... On the uh, Facey Bees. On the Facey Bees. For, for those that don't <laughs> know, Adam does the covers of the theme tunes and does the original music scores for Nerdy Up North. He is our house band and uh, it is a house I would love to live in and climb in like a tree hello to uh, spectrum sanctorum or captain's quadrant formerly known as spectrum sanctorum hello thank you for the badge joe thank you for the badge look how it, wonderful it is look at this uniform guys i'm gonna i'm gonna do it can you feel the customs charge oh you, yes look the... at this look at this isn't Ooh. it what an amazing new outfit also also very guys fancy. i received a very special gift from none other than dave blass production designer for star trek <laughs> picard uno momento entertain the crowd one moment yeah. so noise what's uno got to do with it oh well uh yes no i, w I was actually going to intend the crowd by asking what goodwill's been doing this week but um that's kind of fallen on its head but <laughs> what's this crying what, what and drinking that's what i've been doing this <laughs> blood week. drinking delicious blood i received <laughs> this wonderful lithograph holy fuck of the uss stargazer from season two well, signed uh, ah! signed by mr blass himself all the way from canada that is so nice oh that's so nice it's of absolutely him. wonderful so thank you very much dave for that I, it will be framed however um dead car does not have uh, 17 by 11 frames because we we still <laughs> think uh, photographs are, are witchcraft so I <laughs> That's be... it. you stole my soul <laughs> yes they, 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 yes they they still think the moving pictures is some sort of sorcery <laughs> um but yeah uh hello to lee daddy uh hello to nerdy up north obviously we've got peaches we've got beth we've got christopher we've got all the regulars in the chat legend of lan legend of lan we've hello. got ensign bailey as well who was ensign saying bailey. that when the rain started he was kicking a door I was kicking a ball with my daughter and convinced her I popped the sky with the ball. That's it. Get them used to lies early. Yes. Also, Ensign Bailey, uh, good news. Um, your <laughs> T-shirt has arrived. Um, it will be posted out when I am back from them United States. 
if I return. But uh, all the t-shirts are good, so all the... Um, I'm going to be ordering more. Uh, I just needed three uh, before I left so I could get stuff organised and get stuff posted. <laughs> but uh, rest assured, Ensign Bailey, you have not been forgotten. Your stickers... Look at these sexy stickers. Ooh, sexy trekker up both stickers. So spicy. So, so spicy. spicy. So spicy. <laughs> um, what's Spectrum Sancto? We are about to lose Boston tomorrow from the storm coming called Lee. <gasps> Lee's got his own storm. Oh. oh. Well, I knew he was endowed, but I never had any idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's a sensation. It's not just me, Mike Sweat. It's entire cities. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, but, uh, yeah, is it the Trekking Up North T-shirt? Yes, it is, Lee. Uh, it is the super sexy... Oh, there it is. It is the super sexy Trekking Up North T-shirt. Excuse mine, it's creased because I have an ironed. Well, look at that. Oh, this is not the XL one. This is our medium. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants any more of these T-shirts, let me know or let Nerdy Up North know and we can get them ordered. <laughs> How cool is that, though? Actual merch and stuff. It's crazy. You, you know it's crazy? Yeah, the people actually want that shit. You just but... wait until the Trekking Up North martini glasses become a thing. <laughs> it's currently with R and D. Well, what we should do is we should we should have a way of ordering them where it's like martini, liquid. <laughs> How would you order one at a replicator? Hello, I would like to get shit faced. Thank you. And they just replicate martini. <laughs> martini strong. Yeah, martini yeah. goodwill. <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys. But, but how have you been this week though? We haven't done we haven't done this. You ask me, but I never asked you. I am now off work for mm -hmm. for a while whilst I travel the United States of them Americas. So guys, if you see me look down on my phone uh, at around about nine o'clock, it's because I'm checking into my flight. Um, <laughs> just to make sure. I get a seat because they were like, oh, you want to choose your seat? That's £72, please. And I'm like, no. So I will... Isn't it terrifying that they do that? Where yes. they're like, oh, the flight is this much. And then it's like, oh, you want to you want to have a seat? And I'm like, I didn't know you did standing, but fair cop, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. attach me to the wheel if you must, but I am not paying 72 When it's free, when you check in, but they're like, mm. oh, you want to do it 24 hours before checking? That's £72. And you're like... Come on. Yeah. Really? It's... So, yes, uh, I am on holiday. I am officially on holiday as of today. This week <laughs> has been a struggle mentally. However, it is Friday night. It's Trekking Up North. I am with my favourite Giesian of all time. I have got a martini. I have also watched this week very short treks on YouTube which oh, is yeah. a, a new little mini-series that Paramount are doing where they're only three to four minutes long and they are dedicated mm. to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series. So they are in the same animation style. Um, oh, wow. So I've seen uh, To Skin a Cat, which was quite funny. And then the latest one, which only came out two, uh, two days ago, uh, it's about holiday. I think it's about First Contact Day. Um, what, what what is it though? Like, is it the same cast? Is it what cast? It's is voiced. It? it it's it's based in the Strange New Worlds era, so TOS era, pre TOS yeah. era, um, and it's voiced by you know the the Strange New Worlds cast, so Ethan Peck, oh, really? um, uh, Bruce Horrock, 
uh, Anson Mount and, and, and the like there. So I haven't seen any of these yet. That's amazing. I mean, you could literally watch them both in 10 minutes and be done with it, and, that, and that's mm. it. Other than that, a little aside from Star Trek, I watched this week's Ahsoka, and I'm like, yeah. it took you five weeks to get good. Um, <laughs> but when you have, you're like, yeah. But it shouldn't have took you five weeks, Ahsoka. See, this is the thing. It's like, it's one of these ones where you just go, really? Like, I found that with a lot of the Marvel stuff where you're like, oh, God, why, why isn't it getting good yet? And yeah. it does get good, but then you're just like, oh, but it's over now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's took it's took five episodes to, to get to this. And, I mean, this was shown in selected theatres in the US. So that's, that's when an episode is, is that good and it's shown in theatres, I think you're fine because Star Trek Picard had... Uh, had that with the last two episodes, mm. uh, Vox and uh, can never remember the last episode's name because Vox just encapsulate, yeah. encapsulates it for me. But um, we are here, uh, Treks and Trekkers. Yes, I'm stealing that from Shuttlepod. Come after me, Mark. <laughs> um, we are here to review episode three of Star Trek Lower Deck season four, entitled "In the Cradle of Vexalon." <laughs> Are you ready to venture into this unhinged episode, Sunrise? I am. I am. It's like, I will say, though, I'm kind of struggling a bit with Strange New Worlds because I love it so much. And this season is really good. But I'm... Lower Decks, weekly, you mean? Or, yeah, sorry, Lower Decks. But the week, the weekly format is... It's annoying because I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to wait another week for a half hour thing. You know, like it's... I think it's something where I'd much prefer to be binging it. I, I yeah. feel like... I'd much prefer them to have just done the whole, dumped the whole season at once because it's just going, oh, this is really difficult because I kind of get into it, really enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, it's over for another week. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and I know that's how we grew up. That's how TV was. But it's just a bit, it feels weird now, you know? <laughs> I'm I'm a bit torn when it comes to, obviously, modern. Obviously, I, I've studied the industry. I've been in the industry. And I'm like... Mm. I'm 50-50 where there is some content where it needs to be binge-worthy and there is some content where it needs that space to breathe, to be discussed, to be analysed, and then you move on. So for mm. me, it was Star Trek Picard is can go both ways. So season three could be, yeah. you could binge it in 10 hours because it is a 10-hour movie, or you could do it an episode or, you know, like a separate episode and then... yeah do that it, it it depends on the content for me i grew up with star trek being weekly so i'm sort of like yeah i'm used to that but also there is just so much to watch and play these days that yeah like yeah a little yeah. game I guess pacing helps well a little game came out i don't, I don't know if you've heard it it's not it's not well known at the mm. moment but this there's a little game released by this this up-and-coming studio called bethesda um and it's called starfield i believe um never gonna be a hit <laughs> never gonna be a hit but it's essentially it is just star trek with um rpg bugs um because all <laughs> the cast and crew of nearly all the star trek is in there you've got tim russ you've got nana visitor and armin shimmerman's in there and Holy shit, like I have thoroughly it's crazy. I have thoroughly enjoyed playing this game and like any mm. opportunity I've had, which is very sparingly, I've sort of done that. I have played it. So at the moment I'm like, yeah, I'm sort of glad Lower Decks isn't ten episode dump because like 
I can watch that for 24 minutes and go back to playing Starfield something. There yeah, and I think that's it. It's like the thing with Picard is because the episodes were an hour, it was a lot easier. Like, you know, it's kind of like, cool, okay, now we can wait a week for that. But for, because these are like 22 minutes, it's like, oh, it was just getting started, you know, because you could yeah. happily do hour-long Lower Decks episodes. I don't know if they'd work as well, but it's just, yeah. But that's the thing. But, but this is yet another... This is another example of how Lower Decks does homage well. Like, oh, I love the way he says homage. Well, when we talk about like when when we're talking about like you know other series, where I was worried that Lower Decks was just gonna be like, here's lots of Trek references, and it's like, hey, you got that, didn't you? Oh, look, nostalgia. Uh, But it it gets its stuff and it builds the narrative around these references, but where they're important to the narrative. Like in this one, we get a slew of random stuff from like DS9 and TNG. I have an entire page of references for this. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just all of these things. And then it kind of uses them for the plot. And you're like going, this is... Yeah, it it knows what it's doing. It's a very, very... um, it's a fan thing. It is it's very much written by fans. If if this if if Lordex was an alcoholic beverage, it would be the most perfect cocktail because it takes <laughs> all the ingredients and makes something wonderful. Nothing yeah. is overpowered. Nothing is like too much of this or too much of that. Everything is perfectly huh, Thanos, perfectly balanced mm. as it should be. Um so yeah, let's get into <laughs> season four, episode three, in the cradle of Vexillion. So we start out at Stardate five eight seven five nine point one, the year twenty three eighty for anyone's with no title sequence. No, no, no pre title sequence. It's no. very strange this. I, I was like, Oh, is there something wrong? Like did I skip it or yeah, I, I thought that there was there was no cold open, but obviously Powerman Plus don't don't muck up that often despite cutting but nearly every to be fair though it was episode. probably that there wasn't actually a there was no need a, for you know one. like a, a hang a cliffhanger there yeah. probably just wasn't a cliffhanger in how it works so yeah. the cerritos is visiting visiting the federation world corsonia which is an artificial megastructure in a bespoke star system designed by an extinct species. And when mm. I mean artificial megastructure, I mean it's a fucking halo. <laughs> no two ways about it, it's a fucking halo. Where is the chief? <laughs> That's the first thing I saw. I thought, is it canon now? Is it canon? Is the chief canon? In oh, trick. God. Is that nonsensical series of games canon? Don't. Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shots Just when you weren't expecting it. Microsoft! Yes. <laughs> what is this story? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they are visiting Corazonia. Um, the people enjoy a perfect climate thanks to the almighty computer that manages the megastructure called Vexalon. Now, Vexelon is an ancient computer. However, he is starting to malfunction and the weather is starting to play up. It's very unpredictable. Rivers are flowing the wrong way. Things are starting to go a little bit haywire with this ancient computer. So the Cerritos is there to see what they can do. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Ransom... I I like that the way they refer to it is because I got a bit like... Is it a, another Voyager reference? Because they referred to uh, Vexelon as the caretaker, and I was like, "What?" Oh, and and obviously it's it, you know yeah. it's the same function, but it's not the caretaker from Voyager. 
So Otherwise they'd be stuck in a fucking farm. So Ransom and Freeman meet Cortana, sorry, <laughs> Vexalon, to uh, <laughs> find out what's going on. And he brews him a nice cup of scalding hot iced tea, which shows just <laughs> how shit's going wrong. Um, so uh, Freeman, instead of uh, beaming down some highly skilled engineers, goes, I could deal with this. I took archaic technology at the academy. I'll just have a look at this. I, I love that. I love that no one's insulted by that. I was expecting at least someone to be insulted by them referring to their system as like you know, archaic. You know, like Vexalon being like cheeky bitch. You know, but uh, no. I mean, it wasn't like, Windows. I, I just like that. I like how she's very much kind of oh okay, I can do this and stuff, and as though it's a normal thing, mm. like how messed up the Star Trek universe is where you just have all of these planets that are just controlled by giant computers and custom made by ancient dead civilizations. And they're like, it's this scenario again. Okay. You know, it's, it's such a common thing. Where's the uh, floating um, curators. That's what I want. It's going to be Halo references all the way through this. Whilst Freeman is trying to find out what's going on with the computer, Boimler has his first team leader mission. He's in charge of a group of ensigns who have been put in charge of retrofitting the power relays Starfleet put in during first contact. He's very, very anxious about this assignment as this is his first duty as a Lieutenant JG, which is a Lieutenant Junior Grade. Um, and he's, he's prepping himself up. He is Boss Boimler. He is Boss Boimler. <laughs> As he says this, Talin walks in and Talin goes, oh, you're doing your, you know, your usual pre-meeting uh, <laughs> cycle. And he's like, oh, ritual, yeah. I love the fact though, where he was like, oh, I'll just check the com badges. And she's like, the technology is adequate. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> we are mentioned. We are canon. We are I, I like though that they test the com badge and they get feedback from it. <laughs> you know, it's oh, just the idea. Jake Nerdy Jesus or Jake in uh, our team would probably appreciate a good sound check uh, pun <laughs> in, in Star Trek. But yeah, uh, so Boimler's briefing the Ensign um, and Talin is on site in case any science stuff happens. And she just snaps back with anything and everything is science stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like okay just get involved at any point yeah the the one thing i noticed though, when i went to the go to these power relays they are all warp cores from nx ships from star trek enterprise they are based really on, they are based, i didn't notice yeah, that they are based on the warp cores from star trek enterprise and i'm like that that's how sad my life is so noise i notice warp core ships and i'm just like that's from that show i'm i'm amazed by it because i didn't notice that but i love the idea that that's what they gave them for first contact they were like well we've got these here's this old shit help. yeah yeah here's this old shit <laughs> Talin also explains to boimler that uh young ensigns who are under the command of newly promoted lieutenants are more likely to die or suffer dismemberment and he's like what death and she's like and dismemberment <laughs> so like, don't forget that limbs will be lost um basically they are there to replace these very sensitive components to these power relays that need to be taken out in a specific way otherwise they will explode so this further fuels the anxiety that boimler is facing about this because obviously he's just being told that ensigns can die under their first mission with a newly promoted officer and they're just like yeah. these are very sensitive and these will kill people and I'm like, wow, Talin, you cowbag. I almost <laughs> wonder if it's just very, very logical. Yeah. Very, yeah. Um, 
And Bormula's just like, so it's 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 like disarming a building size bomb, and she's just like, yep. Yeah, it's like that that <laughs> analogy is adequate or something. Yeah. Back on the Cerritos, uh, Rutherford, Mariner, and Tendi are hoping that Bormula's okay. They uh, feel like they don't feel, well, they don't feel like they are newly promoted lieutenants. They still feel like they are ensigns. Um, and as they are talking about this, Tendi goes, well, we do have one perk that uh, ensigns don't. We have access to the anomaly room. <laughs> and this is where which, the rest Which has is never happening. been mentioned before. Never. <laughs> like, this has never, ever made. Why the fuck would you have haphazardly stored all these fucking anomalies in an open <laughs> room without being, like, restricted away, locked away in sealed boxes? Where it, it, it's it's almost akin to Harry Potter, where you just kind of go, hang the fuck on. Like, <laughs> like you know, the, the fact of, like, Hogwarts does not have a health and safety, sort of has nobody <laughs> doing health and safety checks. Because he's just like, like, hold on, the room of requirement, where it just has insanely dangerous shit just lying around. They're like, no, oh, yeah, probably should have done something about that. And that's the equivalent here. This is just a room full of dangerous stuff that anyone can just find. The one thing that Star Trek has taught us over maybe the last 35 years, mm. health and safety don't fucking matter. Let's not forget Data and Geordi's experiments in front of the thing <laughs> that powers the ship. The warp core. Let's just fire this laser yeah. towards the warp core. Oh, we need to do an this experiment. Would be great. Get me a phaser rifle and point it directly at the dilithium chamber. What could <laughs> go like... wrong? And it's, just and, like, and it's obviously it's like out of everyone to do it, Data is the person who you would not expect to be doing it. I know, right? Yeah. The person who's quoting regulations all the time. Um, so yeah, in the anomaly room, we see a lot of stuff. The Nomad probe for the original series episode, The Changeling, the Romulan cloaking device from the original series episode, The Enterprise Incident, the Vulcan Lurper, the Batleth, the Betazoid gift box from the Next Generation episode, Haven, which you can find on Captain's Quadrants when uh, the Agony Booth, which uh, is an episode I featured on. So go like, comment and subscribe on what? that one. You mean it wasn't a good one? Who was uh, <laughs> played by Armin Shimmerman? We also see the probe from TNG's The Inner Light. That's the Catan probe from TNG's The Inner Light. As they go over to the Betasoid gift box, it starts talking. Tendi explains, because Rutherford goes, is it sentient? And Tendi goes, no, it just uh, picks up stuff and repeats it. And then it goes, eat a bag of bog dicks, motherfucker. Oh, I didn't realise <laughs> Tentaana was here, which I love. I See, it's just the most obscure reference to just one episode of TNG oh, where they literally just have bomb. a box. They just have a box with a guy's face in it. And it's just like, this is the worst special effect I've ever seen, pretty much. Joe will testify this, that one thing that got me with him from DS9's Move Along Home. Another fantastic episode. <laughs> move along, <laughs> lemon meringue. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love this how you know what you know what like lower decks is. Lower decks is like you know when you've got a really good friend who knows all of the terrible stuff you've done, or all the horrible things that happened, and they just keep bringing it up, and you know that it'll never die because they exist. 
you know, where you just go, hey, remember that time when that horrible thing happened? And you're like, yeah, but all of the people here around us don't know about that. No. So shut up. You know, yeah. the, that's what Lower Decks is. Lower Decks is like, remember that awful episode where like Haven? Remember the episode of the fucking Waddy gaming? And and, and it just goes, no, no, we're going to bring this back. So all of the all of the kids that got into Star Trek through Discovery and stuff are going to be like, oh, let's watch Lower Decks. What's that? Oh, let's watch that episode. No, don't. Not that one. Don't this... start DS9 on that one. Don't. But, but this is why when, when our lovely, when our lovely uh, co-host of Monsters Up North, Sammy, has started her Star Trek journey... And Jake was like, no, use a skip list, miss the episode. And I'm like, no, no, you must take the pain to embrace the pleasure. It makes it all the sweeter. So watch Code Isn't of Honor. Is there a skip list? There is a skip list. There is a skip list Ooh. for all Star Trek series, yes. Um, Discovery, I, di- I disagree. <laughs> Discovery's probably um, all of it. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> No, like I the joke. First four episodes, then I joke. I like I like Discovery just a lot less than the rest. So, um, as they are about to uh, get into the Wadi Shula game, they are asked to go to the Isolinear Chip Control Junction, and they are a bit pissed off because they thought they had the whole afternoon to themselves to dick around in the anomaly room, which is what newly promoted people should always do. Yeah. They get to the control room where Dirk, Lieutenant Dirk, is asking them to um, scan every single isolinear chip in the room because the sensors, before they went down, detected a malfunction in one of them. Mariner gets a bit pissed off because she's like, there are thousands, and he's like, yep, and they all have to be scanned. This leads (laughs) Tendi to believe that there may be a bit of hazing going on from the senior staff. And Mm. Rutherford's like, no. No, why would they hear us? We're lieutenants. And she's like, well, this is just bog standard cadet work. Why yeah. would we be doing this? Uh, but Rutherford being Rutherford, he just fucking cracks on with it because he just loves work. Bless him. Bless his yeah. little cops. Who, who is the guy here? Has he been in before? Lieutenant Dirk. I don't believe he has. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, if... if... It frames him like a character who's been there for ages. And I'm like, I don't recall this guy at all. <laughs> I also love that Billups has a ferret. Yeah, that's it. It just kind of dropped that into it. But uh, yeah, and obviously, he also mentions that while they're doing this, Billups is a <laughs> Billups's pet ferret Lancelot has escaped. Of course, it's called Lancelot, his... by the way, because <laughs> Billup is uh, is he the heiress? He is the heiress, isn't he? Or yeah, he's, he's the the prince of a whole planet. He is the prince of a a, a race of um, humans who separated from Earth and just became a, a monarchy. Um, and as a British person, I'm just like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. So anyway, back <laughs> yeah, on. Um, yeah. I learned also. I need to acknowledge what's happening in the chat, where basically everyone is pretending that Christopher doesn't exist, and I'm just going to spoil the game for you. There, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> this anomaly. So it's it's good. It's everyone. Everyone's basically just being like, oh no, why isn't Chris here? And Chris is like, I am here. However, there is an anomaly that asks, what happens if you sit on the Beta Z gift box? Does it suffocate? <laughs> wow. If you want to sit on the face of a box, that's that, your That's kink. the gift. That's the gift. <laughs> we on the USS Adequate do not kink shame. <laughs> um, have you seen Science Officer Sinai's? The rule is ima- Just uh, Just imagine uh, sitting on the box at a Beta Zoid wedding. Mm. They are nude. Moving on. Mm. On Vexalon. 
Freeman can't see any issues with so far with the computer as she's analysing it. Um, she then looks at the terminal and realises that the operating system is slightly out of date. Um, and this, this literally started giving me sort of palpitations PTSD. when this happened because yeah. I'm just like, don't do it. Do not, don't, don't. Don't do it. Because I love the fact he goes, well, there was that weekend where my creators evolved into fifth dimensional energy beings and then just left me alone. but she goes well the last update was six million and seven years ago and immediately he's like ah that was a good year good harvest (laughs) (laughs) it's just the most surreal obviously for any of us who have experienced windows vista it goes horribly wrong this is the thing i get this at work a lot where basically people just go oh can you good the the horrible thing like the nowadays the way that people develop stuff is they develop stuff so basically it's like tons and tons of like other people's stuff just crammed together so basically you just put it all together and then if you update one thing it can stop everything else working yeah so it's actually a nightmare and then you'll get stuff where you know you'll have it where it's stuck on one version because they managed to up you know customize loads of stuff that will get overwritten or destroyed if you update it and the worst thing that you can do is just run an update without any actual uh research into it so the idea of this i was just like oh no don't do it can can i i I like that the people writing lower decks are devs as well yeah can i also point out um one drive fuck it um (laughs) (laughs) Mary... Just don't use it like yeah. sensible people. Yeah, I don't really have a choice. <laughs> Mary Kitten Bonkers, uh, why on earth didn't they get Armin Shimmerman to voice the box? I would not like to be the person that goes, Mr. Shimmerman, you are an accomplished uh, Shakespearean <laughs> actor, well known as portraying Quark, the Ferengi in DS9. Would you like to play a box that you played 35 years ago in here? But where for, are you going, Armin? For three lines. For Armin. three lines. I, I think it's also the fact of I think he probably would. I think he'd probably do it. But they're like, we don't want to pay Armin Shimmerman for three fucking lines of dialogue. I think there's very much a kind of, you know, aspect there. I think Paramount If it was in the same season yeah. and they could have done it with yeah. his, uh, his appearance as Quark, Maybe, I but think, you know, this, I'm just going, okay, that's that's throwing money around wildly. I think uh, Paramount learned from the 90s when they were like, the contract was, you will get $7,500 per episode, even if you've just got one line. And I'm like, with Haven, Shimmerman, put on silver spray paint, smiled, said three lines, collected his cheque, and drove straight home. Can you can you imagine it though? Can you like literally just how crazy it'd be just that one episode where you're just like, hey, I'm I'm in it for a shot, or I'm just in the background of like Quark's bar or something. Contractually, and you yeah. still get paid. You know, it's like that's amazing. Con- contractually, I remember um, our our friends at the Shuttle Pod Show. The uh, no, it wasn't the Shuttle Pod Show. It was our it was it was Clone Star Podcast. Uh, mm. Sean was interviewing Alexander Siddig. And he mm. explained that the the contract was you had to be, even if you didn't have any lines, you had to be in, a, in at least one shot per episode of mm. DS9 to get paid. And he said that was the easiest paycheck he would ever, he would turn up on a Monday, he would be in one scene, and then he would just go home for seven days. 
but he still collected a paycheck. Now, could you imagine <laughs> someone saying, we need you at Monday between 12 and 2, put on your uniform, go home and wait for your $7,500 paycheck in 1995? <laughs> it's really crazy because you kind of think like they'd be annoyed because they're like, oh, shit, I didn't get any screen yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm barely in this episode. And then they're just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, we will always say Trekking Up North, God's sake, studios, talk to SAG-AFTRA, talk to the yeah. WGA, support the actors, support the writers, let's end this strike, otherwise you will get no new shows until 2030. Yeah. Get them good pay. Yeah. Mm. So, as we all predict, as people who work with technology or are devs or working IT, <laughs> Freeman runs the update, guess what? Shit goes south <laughs> pretty fast. Because the update freezes. Yeah. Well, I think it just breaks everything. So, uh, yeah. Well, it does because the ground starts to shake and the clouds just simply just freeze up and just fall out the fucking sky. <laughs> which would be I, I love, I, lo I love, though, that it shows all these scenes of, like, the, the clouds icing up and just crashing to the ground. Yeah. And it's got, like, a, a painting class. And... It falls on them and they all jump out the way. But there's just one guy and one girl in the background who just keeps painting. She's like, aha! <laughs> and I just love the idea that she's just indifferent to all this crazy stuff going on. You've got to be creative. Speaking of, Boimler, anxious as fuck, sees that the clouds are crashing out of the sky. It's starting to snow where he is. And he's like, okay, we've got to be super safe and we've got to hurry. And to Lynn, again, she's like, I would advise against hurrying. Mm -hmm. Um... And instead of letting his team dismantle these uh, components from the power relays, he shows them how to do it, and he shows them how to do it perfectly, and he turns into Spider-Boimler, where he's just like, you have to dislocate this and do this and move this. <laughs> and he just mounts the power relay, starts turning <laughs> it with his teeth, and then he runs out of the shuttle, and then he's still talking, and he's running out of the shuttle, and then he's coming back, and he's like, yeah, but don't put it in the magenta bin. I have been that person and i have experienced that person i'm just like oh the anxiety they must feel it's it's really difficult i think it's quite good in this episode because boimler does that whole thing of i mean the, the whole point of being like a team leader or a manager mm. is being able to let go and being able to trust in other people or being able to deal with the fallout of someone failing yeah, And it's this idea of, obviously, Bo this is Boimler's first away mission, his first mission in charge of stuff. And, yeah, he doesn't delegate very well at all. No. He has to do everything himself. And, you know, it's something that, you know, it's very difficult to let go, I think, when you've got... You, you've probably got it at your work. Yeah. Where, like, you know, with your new person, you're like, oh, no, Will, it's quicker for me to just do that, but they're never going to learn if you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I do not ever want to be a manager. A team leader i i cannot manage people i cannot deal with people on a regular basis let alone manage them and i have been in that situation that boimler has where it's just like i could show you and i could let you do it but it's easier for me to do it and like i've done it as as i am teaching like boimler does in this episode i will show you how to do it so you do this you do this actually it's easy if i just do it you just go ahead and do whatever yeah, you need to it, do and it's I'll, so tough. and they don't learn and then this week, obviously, because I'm I'm leaving, um, <laughs> ambivalent. Buggering off abroad, like. Seeking pastures new, as I stated in my out of office. Um, the, you sort of realise, going, shit, I haven't taught them anything. And they sort of need to learn now. 
Yeah. And it is it's so difficult to and it's not even a a trust issue. It's sort mm. of like I don't want you to get into trouble because I I did something I taught you something wrong. Yeah. And that's how I I just could not deal with that on a regular basis. I could not be a manager. So it, I, I sympathize it, with Boyms. It's a difficult thing, but obviously, like, you know, I, th- I think we've all probably been in that situation where you're like, actually, it's easier if I just do it myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, but uh, is what's the scene after this? Is it where... Back the in computer- the Cerritos. Oh, is it? Because okay. they, they are scanning the isolinear chips and uh, Rutherford freaks out because he sees Billups' ferret. Um, <laughs> He's just hiding behind the chips. Yeah, and Mariner's <laughs> getting burnt by chips. Uh, Rutherford keeps scanning and he's like, oh, you know, you, you scan the last... Um, it's always the last chip that you scan. Uh, that That's the faulty one. And he scans the last chip and they're all fine. As mm. he says, that uh, comes in and he's like, oh, we've done all the chips. And he's like, have you? Have you done these chips? And he presses like a hidden button and release, shows another row. And he's like, well, we didn't know about them. He's like, well, I thought it was plainly obvious with the hidden button on the console. Uh, yeah, I... Rutherford dismisses it, and Mariner is just Mariner fucked off. Back on the Halo ring, we will call yeah. it the Halo ring. Fuck it, I'm not going to call it anything else. Oh... To be fair, I forgot what it's called. Is it Carazon? Back on the ring. Uh... <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. You're just having your halo moment right now. Literally, I'm. I've got a halo right above me. <laughs> they can see my halo. Um... <laughs> any any more pop culture references you wanna you wanna slide into this episode right now? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> after, to be fair, after the room of anomalous uh, things, it's like, yeah, I, I, I think it's a suitable episode to just put random shit into it. You know? so, so back on Halo, uh, the weather is absolutely freaking out. There was clouds, there was storm, there was night, and there was day. Uh, mm. Freeman thinks that she's uh, found a way uh, to fix it and fix the error. Uh, so she says, oh, well, the instruction manual just says press this button. Again, flashbacks to Windows Vista. She presses the button, <laughs> and it just makes things ten times fucking worse. However, being well, a well, good... Well, Go on. Well, what happened is uh, she she does that, oh, well, what we'll do is we'll boot it in safe mode, uh, and then it brings up safe mode, and then immediately goes back to... Uh, it, it runs the actual... Regenesis program. Program again. So it's basically yeah. as if they just set up a new planet and it's like, okay, time to, you know, time to terraform the planet and but, get rid of all life and then create it, create it again. But she does, she, she does have one redeeming feature. She calls tech support because she beams yes. down Billups, who is a little bit upset because Lancelot's escaped when he was cleaning his snuggle tower. <laughs> uh, does not sound like an innuendo at all that's um, what i call it that's my snuggle tower yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah so it starts uh, going into regenesis mode and starts terraforming uh the halo great um, so, chris just saying damn i pressed the make worse button yeah the make, make worse it worse button. button every yeah. computer has one of them i'm i'm i keep mentioning vista but yeah windows 10 has had its issues as well well, Windows just, 10 is all right. It's not that was a yeah. XP for life. Uh, so <laughs> back at the power relay station, Boimler is uh, about to remove uh, the last unit. The ensigns are a little bit 
annoyed because this is their first mission and they haven't been able to do anything. So there's an element yeah. of frustration. Uh, Talin states uh, that leading by example is not proving to be efficient because Boimler mm. is knackered. He's been taking these uh, power relays back to the shuttle there and back. He's absolutely he's dripping with sweat. Bless him. His sexy uniform, which I am wearing, is absolutely <laughs> dripping. Um, just as, as he is about to uh, remove the last one, uh, Freeman contacts him and advises him that he needs to put them all back because they're going to try and force restart Vexelon um, and then route all the power that Vexelon needs through the power station. Uh, so Boimler, again, doesn't rely on his ensigns, takes it upon himself to reinstall all these power nodes. Yeah. Showing again... <clears throat> see, I uh, this because... I, I thought at this stage that Boimler was doing this because he just didn't want any of his crew to die or be dismembered. Yeah. Which is sort of like, it's sweet, but he needs to learn to trust his team. Well, I, I think it's also the idea of he wants the mission to go well, so yeah. and he doesn't trust them. So I think there's an element of a lack of trust and there's an element of, you know... Uh, you know, fear for their safety because it's not going to look good if they all die, as uh, Talin said that they would. Back on the Cerisos, uh, the gang have laid a trap in Dirk's quarters uh, for the apparent hazing, where they have done a Scooby trap, where they have done a uh, they've <laughs> done so a katan, they've, they've installed a katan probe, the Betazoid gift box, the Wadi game, and a tripwire. So when he enters uh, the room, he trips over the tripwire. Uh, gets attacked by the Betazoid gift box and launches into the Wadi game. No, no, and then gets shot by the uh, the, the, Katan the beam prop. thing. The Katan nothing says prank than having 25 years of your life displayed in front of your eyes in seconds. <laughs> That's ve- it's so good that it's just randomly in this episode. Imagine if they did that to Miles O'Brien again. Again, uh, yeah, he, he had no, no, he didn't even have a good life though. No, he was That's in prison. It's like Picard had a wonderful life with wife and kids and stuff, and Miles O'Brien just got stuck in prison. And then he wakes up, and worse, he's still married to Keiko. So it's this idea of like, you know, all the good that he like got in like prison, it's just gone. <laughs> Terry Metalis, I know you're watching. <laughs> Keiko O'Brien, greatest <laughs> villain ever. Call me. Cheers. Definitely. <laughs> as they are leaving, villain of Trek. Yeah. As they are uh, leaving. Also, I just want to mention: is this is the previous scene uh, the one where the volcano appears and Talin's just like, "Oh, is that a mountain?" Oh, and then it erupts lava, and it's just like, "Yes, nope, that's the volcano." That's it. It's either <laughs> just like going, "That's got worse." <laughs> it's either a mountain or a volcano. <laughs> it's a volcano. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they've laid this trap for Dirk. As they are leaving the quarters, they bump into him, and he's like, have you checked all these isolinear chips? And they're just like, yep, yep, yep. And he's like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so relieved. And basically... It's so important. If one of those chips is out of order, then the entire system yeah. could fail. And then he opens <laughs> up that the reason why he didn't do it is because he got stuck in the Wadi game for a solid month and he was too dumb because he was a kid and he couldn't get out and the isolinear chip room makes it re- makes him remember that he's in the game and he starts crying <laughs> and like Mariner just shits herself and she's like oh talk to me about uh Tellarite slop jazz and then <laughs> and goes to the guy's like fix Come it on, yeah I love that she's just like fix it <laughs> <laughs> I, I... 
I just love hey because we know the Tellarites are bastards. You just kind of wonder what this is like. You know, Tellarite slop jazz. <laughs> like they're a, they're a race that has never been displayed well. Like they've never you know they're like the Ferengi where there's never been a redeeming feature for them from it, what I've seen. It has to involve fluids. That's yeah, all that's I'm going it. to say. Well, that's what she says as they're walking away. She's just like, that sounds very wet, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on Halo, uh, Talyn begs Boimler to allow the Ensigns to help him. And the situation is getting more dire on the planet. Essentially, it's regenesising. Her rege regen regenesizing. Regenesizing? Yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> very Star Trek 3. Um, well, hold on. I've had enough of his... you. Sorry. Christopher said, uh, "Slop jazz sounds like gwar." Uh, yeah, pretty much. Query, gwar? Do you not know gwar? No. Oh, they're amazing. They're basically a sort of. Is it? It's not death metal. It's basically like, kind of. Maybe like heavy metal, I'd say. So they're kind of a bit poppy, you know, like they're not quite ghost poppy, but, you know, they're sort of. But yeah, but basically they're a heavy metal band from a couple of years ago. Uh, and they they won Eurovision, didn't they, with Hard Rock Hallelujah, I think. But basically the whole point is that the the lead singer of them also makes costumes for films. So, you know, like Power Ranger monsters and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Where it's like massive full suits and stuff of yeah. monsters. He makes them. Oh, so basically, it just means that the entire band are like, you know, like the, the like this, what is it called? Like the banana splits, where they're all just in weird costumes for the whole show with like horrendous skeletons and monsters. And they always, uh, I think I saw them at Bloodstock a couple of years back, but basically, they spray the whole audience with blood. It's ludicrous. I really um, want to watch this. I'm going to watch this. They're brilliant. This. I think they're broken up now because I think the singer died and they were like, oh. oh, he's kind of the guy who did everything, I think. But yeah, but Gora, one of those ones where you're like, I know it's I know it's a joke, but it's still brilliant. You know, um, just just a quick side note. Um, my uniform's got shoulder oh, pads in it. Sorry, um, Ensign Bailey's pointing out that Guar and Lordy are two different bands. Lordy is the one that won Eurovision. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Lordy. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Lordy. Uh, yeah, my uniform's got shoulder pads in it. Oh, do you feel like Joel, Joan Collins? I feel defined. Look, I, I'm. Repeat dynasty. after me. Don't fuck with me, fellas. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This ain't my first time. This ain't my first time. Right, that's probably the best drag performance I've seen this week. <laughs> and I was at a fundraiser. <laughs> that's us not getting paid. Moving on. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Demonetized. Um, message from Joan Collins. Oh, fuck. Uh, so, yeah. Is she alive? Is Joan Collins still alive? Well, I am looking at a Ouija board. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> C-U-N-D. Yeah, so anyway, back yeah. on Halo, uh, Tillin is begging Boimler to let the Ensigns take uh, some sort of responsibility because the situation is getting dire. The planet is reforming. The Halo ring is reforming. Um, and he, he finally admits that the reason why he's doing all of this is because a week ago he was one of them and now he he's in charge of them and he wonders why mm. he's you know why has he been put in a position where they could die where he is in charge of who could die until mm. in states you know his promotion was not random and not by chance you know 
he deserved the promotion for the work that he has done. She's read up on his file. She knows his strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and this sort of motivates Boimler to sort of get into that seniority mm. rank role where he's just like, right, you're the team. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And we see a brand new purple-headed hero emerge <laughs> in this episode. <clears throat> uh, back on the Cerritos, the mad rush begins uh, because Tendi legs it into the isolinear control <laughs> junction and starts doing John Wick on these scanners. And I don't have a I don't have a scanner gun to recreate it. I've got a unicorn bubble gun, but that <laughs> might take me out of roll. Um as she does that, Rutherford heads into the quarters, but he trips on the trap and oh my god, the Betazoid gift box attacks him and as he attacks him the Waddy game drags them into the game where we see the <laughs> young lass and she's like, Hello, follow oh me. Hello, Marine. One, two, three. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I just love it how, like, hold on, Sarah Peach, you, you, you've watched all of DS9 and you're on Voyager now. Like, the, the Waddy game. Like, it is, it is the worst episode of oh, DS9. If and, that's which the is worst strange because it's not a Bashir episode. Yeah. But, but if that's, that's the worst my hot episode. Take, buddy, is shit. If that's, I, oh, literally, I just watched, I, because I was really, I was, very run down the other week yeah and basically yeah watch some ds9 to relax but the episode it gave me was the fucking the one where oh it's spoilers if you haven't seen it but it's oh. the one it's the it's the bashir episode but where basically they have the guy who they have, they have the space criminal who can jump bodies oh yes and it's oh, basically oh yes. Bashir trying to act. Oh, it's painful. It's it's not oh, good. Come on, he was young and he was with Nana Visitor. I mean, I, he was living the dream. I I say the same the same judgment as I have with Boris Johnson, where people go, "Oh, but he was doing his best," and you're like, "Yes, but there's other people that could have done it better. Why was he there?" That is, you know, which is my fault. My because it is, it's it's this idea of going, what an amazing episode, but it's let down by the fact of just going, no, 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 it's so cringe. Well, lit. yeah. Anyway, but the aside from that, this is like the yeah terrible episode of DS Nine. So I love that they're just rubbing salt in the well, wound by just referencing it here. Science officer Sonoy's has raised <laughs> an excellent point um, when he mentioned Boris Johnson because. As we all know on Trekking Up North and Nerdy Up North as a whole, whenever you mention the Conservative parties, we have to say, yep. fuck, well, yeah. the fuck the Tories. Thank you, punk seagull. Moving on. <laughs> um, so, it was yeah. like, it? Uh, one of the drag performances at the fundraiser last night, literally, uh, the, the host was just like, oh, fuck the Tories. And then the entire, everyone in the venue is just like, fuck the Tories. And it's just, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, that, that's what it's like living in the North. Because, yeah. yeah. Thatcher, that's why our country's shit right now. Thatcher, Thatcher, the milk snatcher. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. No, no, I, I, I do like that meme, though, which points out that sort of the, the best thing, uh, you know, Thatcher's ever done in her whole life is that her grave is now a gender-neutral toilet. So... <laughs> One last tangent. <laughs> I was first introduced to Graham, Sonoys, the Geesian from the planet Honk, last year, oh. where he joined on a community chat. 
where we listed our top five movies. Downhill since. Great. So noises. Number one movie was Margaret Thatcher's funeral. I forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that it was just like, what's your favourite movie? I, I very rarely, in fact, never cried. Uh, do you remember what I said immediately after announcing that was my favourite Yes, movie? and I am not going to repeat it because this is not <laughs> okay. the show to say that on. But um, <laughs> it, it rhymes with difficult tank. Um, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Fuck the Tories. Rutherford is speeding through the game as Tendy is uh, scanning furiously in the isolinear chip room. Uh, Tendy finds that the last chip in the room is the defective chip. And she's like, got your ass, snap. Uh, are you fine? You're all right tonight. My microphone, because I'm just having to laugh out loud. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, just... uh, uh, I hope it's on Blu-ray. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. I, I love that they're sort of like, do you want to do 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 phantasmophobia or whatever for the 24-hour stream? And I'm like, it's going to end the same way. It's going to end. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it ain't right wing, that's for sure. The... Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, they find the isolinear chip that has been uh, defective. Mariner is still trying to def uh, distract uh, Dirk, where he goes, I really should be getting back to my quarters. I've got a, I've got a meeting with Dr. Miglimo. Um, she fails to star, she fails to star him. Star doesn't, him. doesn't she, doesn't he mention Ketracel White? Yeah. Where it's one, a one really of the, random reference One of the, one of the slop jazz artists OD'd on Ketracel White. <laughs> I, I love the idea that like normal people are taking this drug that was like purely meant for the Dominion. Yeah, but Marin is just like, yeah, that shit'll fuck you up, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, all the while as he's heading back to the room, um, Rutherford like skips all the way through the game. He is speeding through this Waddy game like in 15 seconds. He is like the greatest speedrunner of this game. He gets out of it. He wins the game. And then the Catan probe is there. As it fires, he blocks it with a bit of his own gift box. <laughs> and then the gift box is just like, oh, wow. What the? What? Was that 25 years? And he's just like, yeah, sorry about that. And he's like, I miss my wife. And that's the <laughs> second... That's like the second time in this series where we're just like, I miss my wife. Is this going to be a running gag all the way through Lord X now? But I, I, I genuinely loved how he just speeds through it. How he's literally, because we, we get to see the, I don't know what he's called, but the, the leader of the Wadi in DS9. Oh, the we one basically with the get like, Yeah, but yeah. we basically get a, like him in cartoon form with inside the game. Yeah, and just and just basically Rutherford speeding through it, doing the hopscotch, singing the song, and just abandoning the girl. Like literally, just yeah, I just I just like it. And like anyone who hasn't seen DS Nine is just gonna be like, what the fuck is all this? Anyone's you not know? seen the Inner Light or anything like that is gonna be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Um, however, though, they do successfully distract him, only to a certain point where he gets to the quarters door and he's like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm meeting Migley Moore in his quarters. And then Rutherford just collapses because they've avoided um, trapping Turk. Back on the Halo ring, uh, Boimler has successfully restored the power to the power relay station. 
the power is then transferred to Vexalon, and he starts to reverse all the Regenesis prog uh, process. However, the team that has been successful in helping Boimler realise that the turbine is starting to overheat. So Boimler, ever the leader, ever the, the wannabe captain that he is, orders his team to leave the power station. He will deal with this. He will do the emergency shut-off switch, not to put his crew at risk. Like any true captain would, mm -hmm. except me, I'd be on the first thing floating. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> not like the Costa Concordia though but um, yeah so he says at the power station and Freeman's like we need to we need to get this power we need to restore this so when I say restore like shut down once yeah. everything is being restored it gets restored the computer reboots Boimler shuts down but it's too late and the power station explodes <laughs> And then we just see a body slam into the floor <laughs> in front of the away team. It's Boimler. And he's dead. I love how you're trying to make this serious and I'm just like, lols. <laughs> it's like, it's lower decks. It's lols. He's dead. However, <laughs> he does wake up in a mysterious room. And outside of the window of this mysterious room, is a black mountain. Mm. Watchers of Lower Decks will realise where Boimler is and what he has to do. <laughs> As he is looking at the black mountain, he turns around to see the great koala. Who? Do we have to explain this? Because we haven't done these previous episodes. Are we going to have to explain all this? There is a running gag in lower decks that the koala is this this koala is some sort of divine being a god if you will that has sort of taken on a life of its own so every uh cold open for star trek lower decks the where you see the ship flying through and the music mm. has a cloud sil silhouette of a great koala <laughs> even in the uh these old scientists crossover in strange new worlds right at the end as the Enterprise warps away, we see the great koala. Is the great koala a god? Is he some sort of omnipotent being? Is he a Q? We don't know. All we at Trekking Up North have to say is, praise be to the great koala. <laughs> Could the koala defeat Keiko? No. Okay. <laughs> we, so it's not that powerful. He's not that powerful. Nothing <laughs> is. The koala... Then starts talking gibberish to Boimler, but Boimler freezes up. His eyes shrink and he's like, Aah! and then he's brought back to life by Ta'an. <laughs> I love that he just comes back to life and we're like, oh, okay, we're expecting him to be dead. But uh, yeah. And Ta'an is just like, oh, whatever it did worked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's just like, oh, what the fuck happened I, I love her in this bit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So they are celebrating that he is alive, he's happy, the crew are happy, and they're like, oh my god, he's fine, and he's, he's, um, <laughs> uh, what was he, he gets, so yeah, so he gets brought back, um, uh, and Talin explains to him that the operating system has been updated, and it should keep the population perfectly safe in a perfect climate for the next thousand years, Ransom congratulates him, and he's like, aha, you'll never forget your first death. <laughs> 
And then as he does that, which is which is kind of taking the piss out of like uh, what happened with Shaxx, where he just goes, yeah. "Hang on," like he just comes back, and it's like, "Yeah, you don't, don't really die, Greg." Yeah, we don't <laughs> yeah. really talk about it. As he says that though, he dies again, and Tyler just comes across, "Oh for Christ, give me thirty CCs of whatever worked thirty seconds ago." <laughs> yeah, whatever just worked a minute ago. Yeah, but I always like that because I'm not I'm not scientific at all. Like, well, I'm a science officer, but uh, medical <laughs> at all. But it's the idea of like. If, 30 cc's it's like what measurement unit is that a fuck ton <laughs> it's not though it's it a is. tiny little bit isn't it 30 cc's is a fuck ton oh is it because they use yeah. all the time like you know 30 cubic centimeters 30 cc's oh is that what it is 30 cubic centimeters i believe it i don't I know can't be cubic right, centimeters. No, right okay fucking... that's that's 30 cc's i'm definitely <laughs> i'm definitely looking up at l cars and definitely not google uh <laughs> We are educational at trekking up north. Um, <laughs> How's everyone doing in the chat? Like it's been, it's been so fun reading the chat today. It's cubic like, centimeter, thirty cubic centimeters. That's just a fuck. Yeah, up. that's weird. That's like you know a whole glass of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, Chris. Uh, Christopher says it's less than a gram. A gram. A gram. So it's smaller than a gremlin. Oh well, that's fine. Don't piss on it though. <laughs> don't <laughs> piss on a gremlin. Don't no. Don't piss on a mogwai. You can piss on a gremlin, can't you? Like what? Oh no no, no. Yeah, you're not allowed to feed a mogwai and then don't piss on a gremlin. Cool, got it. Okay. Um, Beth said it's been great tonight. Why? We're not finished yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not finished. Is is Beth our PA now? It's finished. Is Beth sat at the other side just doing this. Yeah, she's like, come on, come on. The amount of times I've been in a studio and I have someone on the floor just going, I'm like, not a helicopter. Um, like you meant to use both your hands when dancing. Uh, <laughs> back on the Cerritos. We are so, professionals. We are. We, are, we, we are, are mature adults and we are professionals. Shut up. We are adequate. Back on the Cerritos. <laughs> um, the team are glad. Rutherford, Tendy, and Mariner, they are all glad they have been able to resolve everything, find the isolinear chip, and not get Dirk trapped in the Waddy game. Um, Rutherford is very glad that deep under that gruff exterior of a guy is someone who's just trying to find peace. And Mariner is pissed off that he keeps sending her jazz albums and he, she fucking likes it. Yeah, I, I love that. It's like, sort of, I like it and I'm not a jazz person. And <laughs> it's so true, though. It's like, if someone sends me a genre of music that I don't like and I'm like, damn it, now do I have to listen to loads of new stuff? You know, I'm like, oh, damn it, I'm too old to have new music taste. Beth is, uh, no, Christopher's just said, can you use that hand motion at the BBC anymore? I uh, did 10 years ago. <laughs> it depends where the child is. but um... So it used to be, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, sorry, it was <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, like that. And then when he went to wrap up, it was that. Well, it's weird, though, because it's kinder to start with fewer fingers, usually. Not at the BBC, hence why they are called... <laughs> The BBC. Um, so, yeah, they uh, are more or less relieved. Job well done. Everything's back to normal. And then off into the distance in the bar, you see Jack and Dirk talking where they're just like, ah, so they fell for the Waddy game trick. And they're just like, yeah. Picks I, up Lancelot. I just, <laughs> I just love I just love this way. It's just, just, you know, the idea of just going, 
Uh, what the fuck? Because he, he's like, oh, I told them about I had a fear of Waddy games and stuff, and I was stuck in it for a month. And I just think how bizarre the situation is where he knew that they were going to use the Waddy game yeah. to trap him and just all of the stuff where they're like, oh, that must happen all the time. And you're like, that's so obscure. It's brilliant. Christopher said, if Wayne's World taught me anything, it's 3 2 1 is silent. Christopher, you are almost right. It is 5 4 3. That's how it goes. I just, I think you should make more noise. So it should be sort of like, sort of like, five, four, three, two, four, five. Well, modern studios, like the BBC didn't, don't really have it because it's all automated and it's done for the control room. So they just do it what? through an earpiece. Yes. No. Yes. The cameras. Do they not even have hand puppets? The, the new studio at the You'd Beeb. You'd do with Sooty, wouldn't you? The new studio at the Beeb in London, the cameras are on rails and are remotely controlled from the control room now. Yeah, it's 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 to paraphrase to paraphrase South Park. So, uh, yeah, Dirk, as the last prank, sets Lancelot on Rutherford. The ferret (laughs) crawls up Rutherford, does not go inside him though, but goes onto Rutherford, and then that's it. Yeah, that's it. What a what a great little episode! Like it's it's wonderful. But like I'm saying, it, it it. the amount of references in because it tells a funny it tells a good story it uses all the characters well it introduces new characters a new race and whatnot like even the computer is really funny and obviously we're not going to see the computer again most likely but it's this idea of like but then it has all of these wonderful bits of nostalgia and references to previous trek but uses them well like where they they're actually part of the plot rather than just being a oh look in the background it's fan service if you know if Mike McHannon is worth anything, he is a gem of a person who is taking a beta cannon from Star Trek <laughs> and is going, I'm making this cannon and you don't have a choice. Like we saw last week with the uh, the Romulan ship that's vertical instead of horizontal. And yeah. like That was just a drawing on Andrew Probert's piece of paper in his office and Mike McHannon's like, that's cannon now. And then you see uh, in one of the series, I think it was season two, was Spock's helmet, which was a toy from the 60s, where, if, if for those of you that don't know... So terrible. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, obviously, Star Trek was um, all the rage in the 60s. Obviously, it got cancelled, and there was a campaign, mm. and it got brought back. But um, bespoke uh, merchandise for shows was very few and far in between, because obviously, it cost a lot. So Paramount had a deal with this toy company who had just generic toys. Yeah. And it was like a helmet and a gun and a motorbike and stuff like that. So what they would do, they were like, we've got this. We'll slap some Star Trek related things, stickers on it, and then just call it that. And one of them was the Spock helmet. And yeah. it was literally, it was a helmet with a siren on it just a red light at the top and it just said Spock Lower Decks made that shit canon it is the most obscure shit you will ever see and they were like that's canon now well yeah I love it like this week or whatever people online have been going the koala is canon now yeah <laughs> it's just how dumb it is it, it, it absolutely is and I, I love it and this is I love Lower Decks because it, it treats Star Trek with love and respect because it's been made by fans, but it also recognises that there is a whole beta universe 
and mm. it's like we want to make that as much as possible and as much as it makes sense canon and i love that i absolutely love it. like um well I, I i just love that you know that later on they're going to make uh bashir and garrick being a couple canon you you know that's going to happen because that is the biggest thing like in sort of gay trek circles is literally that they are a couple because that's what like you know that's what andrew robinson was like going for he, when he was he, playing yeah, derek he is and there's fan you know that they, they what what was it there was fan fiction written and Lord. then over lockdown they both recorded it they together did. yeah <laughs> They, they absolutely yeah, so did, it's the yeah. idea of lower. De- I bet lower decks is gonna have a fucking Bashir and Garrick episode. Now is the time. <laughs> now is the time for Andrew Robinson to don the Cardassian makeup and bring back Garrick. The one I, thing I, I love, I don't think he'll ever do the makeup again. But I definitely think he I would think do he would. lower decks. I think with modern makeup now, it's a lot easier. And it's a lot, mm. uh, it would be, like, the, the, the chemicals that they use to apply it are a lot different and they're a lot safer. The mm. the one thing, and guys, we the description is below for the Shuttlepod show. If you watch any episode of the Shuttlepod show, watch the one with Andrew Robinson, because this, this actor played uh, Garrick on Deep Space Nine. This gentleman had such an interesting an action-packed life you wouldn't believe it and he like very much like uh, one of the freddy movies where the the actor portrayed him as a homosexual was he portrayed him as a homosexual mm. and the director did not have a clue very much garrick andrew robinson's aim was garrick uh was attracted to bashir yeah, he was um, literally just like, oh, look at this yeah. beautiful young man kind of thing and, and just being a, and, a total lech. And Rick Berman did not have a clue. And Robinson is super fucking proud of this because he's like, this is how I want to play Garrick. This is how I'm going to. And no one batted an eyelid. No one noticed it. And it's only yeah. since the resurgence of Star Trek... Uh, on Netflix in the last 10-15 years where people have been watching it and watching it and more people are realising these subtle undertones that were there from the beginning, they were there in the 90s and people are just like shit, yes he Wait, did he, and he, say, he said in interviews that's how I played him because yeah. that's how the character was written to me like it's this idea of going this character who has a lot of you know, mystery to him. Why would he possibly sit down with this young doctor who essentially is just trying to get information from him? And it's because he's like, okay, I'll take this, like, uh, delicious bait. Uh, You know? And and then plays it that... Well, that's it. It's just the idea of just like, oh, the bit where he puts his hands on his shoulder. It's just so... It, it, you know, Bashir is just like, what? <laughs> but I, I love the idea of that being like, that that being canon to the point where they gave Garak a girlfriend. They gave Garak, well, a beard uh, later on in the show because the producers were like, nope, nope, no, nope, can't have gay people in this, you know? The the one meme, Gar- Garak memes are all over, but the one meme I love, it's, and it's literally, it's not even a meme, it's a article, a genuine article that someone has just pasted Garak when he was in the episode where they have to do the heist in on the holodeck at Vix. Yeah. 
and Garrick wears a turtleneck. Oh, is that the spy <laughs> yeah, one? Yeah. So they paste the, the image of Garrick in a turtleneck and it's like, uh, how to wear a turtleneck without constantly being aroused by light choking. <laughs> no two images have ever suited each other so fucking well than Garrick in a turtleneck and those words. Well, there's another one where it's uh, where Nano Visitor is playing like the love interest in the holodeck, and it's got Bashir and Garak standing there, and uh, and she's just like, "Oh, uh, Mister Bashir, I love your top," and Garak's like, "I have a name." <laughs> it's which is a terrible gay joke, but you know, it just but these things exist in the Trek uh, fan base because ah! it's like you know. There's so many sort of like great like jokes about it and stuff, but obviously the episode where Garrick just is literally doing the little rainbow thing with his hands, where he's like, you know, that has been that is literally any horrendous picture can be improved by just putting Garrick at the bottom doing if, that. If because I know Peaches and I know uh, Christopher and, and and everyone else is is sort of started watching Star Trek thanks to us. If you love Star Trek memes. Holy shit, they have just taken on a life of their own in the last three years. Two pages you have to I have to shout out. The Andorian Memeing Consortium. Yeah. And Data. Just well, Data. The problem is, I'm tempted to unfollow Data because I'm so <gasps> sick of these nuts ones. You know, the Data dying ones. They're just shit. Like, he does all these amazing memes and then I'm just like, I don't know if the joke is that it's rubbish, you know, but like... But alpaca. Um, alpaca. Mm-hmm. Pardon? Alpaca these nuts in your ass. That's, see, you know... Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, see, if it, if it was the that quality, maybe I'd laugh, but it's worse than that. It's, it's the sort of thing of going, I don't understand this. Like, that's not how a knock-knock joke works. Like, all of it. But the one thing about the data Facebook page is they do not take shit and they will just go after the uh supposed trekkies um who are offended by um uh, an image on the internet um so yeah guys this was our review of episode three of lower decks it was a short episode and you're like hang on it's trekking up north and you've already been going for an hour and 20 minutes are you ill the episode was 24 minutes long what do you want us to do We've talked about this way too much, I'd yeah. say, because like, you know, uh, we last week we talked about a double bill and it took us two hours and uh, two and a bit hours. We are. We, Lance just said alpaca. That's the line he uses on Lee. I use a lot of things <laughs> on Lee. Um, oh, oh, daddy. The, uh, <laughs> da da. But guys, yeah, that was our review. That was yeah. my final review. For now. For now. Oh, you, you couldn't let me <laughs> have it. I'm fucked if you, you could. I was resigning my commission. Uh, <laughs> I... You haven't become an evil admiral yet. You, you know, you can't quit yet. If I'm a badmiral, Lee's a dadmiral. You haven't endangered people's lives. <laughs> if, I'm a, if I'm a badmiral, Lee's a dadmiral. Dadmiral, yeah. Lee's and we my have dadmiral. a dadmiral in Discovery. That's his nickname. Oh, official yeah. nickname. Dadmiral. I... But... I'm yeah, no, um, you're you're off. I'm so you're venturing. off for the next two weeks. Yes, I'm 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 off to the United States, everybody. So if you if you watch this show and you're from the United States of the Americas and you see me, um please He will be in you. I, yes. Um oh transporter accident. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I am. I am going to Las Vegas. As a ginger, it's quite funny. Um, I am also going to San Francisco. I am literally going to where Starfleet headquarters is. I am. I am hey. cycling to Sausalito <laughs> purely to take a picture of where Starfleet headquarters is. Um, will I be wearing a uniform? No, I'll die of heat exhaustion. Um, but I will take a badge with me um, as, a, as a celebration. I, yeah, I think maybe take the uniform with you just in case. But uh, yeah, but you might die from heat. I might die. I might, I might put the TNG uniform on. That is the lightest of the uniforms, uh, I think. But yeah, and then I am in uh, Los Angeles for a week. And I can't wait. I have, I have gone nine months with only a week off and uh holy shit it, it, it is yeah <laughs> rest everyone when you can that's all i'm going to say don't do what i've done but this is a well well earned uh, bit of shore leave what is rest yeah what is what is rest <laughs> we have been doing this for uh nearly nine months can you believe that? It's not like 30 episodes or something. I'm sure someone linked to like a playlist and I was like, why, like why is that 30 episodes? videos? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> We've done 32 of these. 32 episodes. We have done more episodes of Trekking Up North than there have been of Strange New Worlds. That's terrifying. That is that is terrifying. But I absolutely... And we still haven't covered Code of Honor. Yeah, Not moving on. <laughs> but no, guys, uh, I will be back. Um, maybe I will. <laughs> no, I will. I will be back. Um, until then, uh, I just want to say, doing this with Sonoys and Nerdy Up North has been an absolute goddamn pleasure. I love each and every one of you. I love Sonoys to bits. He sent me a really sweet message the other day. And that fucker made me cry, and uh, it was yeah. I'm was it the Barbie that. meme? That as well, but uh... <laughs> no I one's got Barbie gonna... meme. No and one's gonna know thing... that. No, no, it's the first thing I sent to Goodwill that just has a shocked emotion, like a shocked reaction to it. And I was just like, "Yes, we found the line. We found, we found the cutoff point for humour." But it was the day you sent it as well, and I'm just like, this fucker's had this since July. I know he has. So when, yeah, he's been saving this. But um, yeah. So I'm on shore leave now, guys. If you haven't already, like this video, subscribe to Nerdy Up North, caress the bell. Just, 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 just like on tease shooting it, stars. Tease it down there, tease it. Like when you're summering, summering the the dove from above. Cool, cool. Caress the oh. bell. Cool, cool. <laughs> oh no, it's on the other side. Sorry, I'm doing it the wrong way. Iranu. Caress the bell. Iranu. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I really want to watch the uh, uh, what's it called? Shooting stars falling down, which is one of my favourite sketches of oh, all time. Oh my god, I bet that's. But it's like the Sunderland Independent Film Commission presents falling down. It's so good. Um, if you uh, are not a member of Nerdy Up North, we have got a fantastic Facebook community of nearly 8,800 members. We have got a Facebook page of over 
15,000 people. We have been on the BBC more than once and not on the news. <laughs> we have been featured. What, what for, like, our crimes? Yes. <laughs> expected us to be on, like... Operation Utree has finally caught up. The, um... <laughs> Paul was on BBC Radio Newcastle this week, I, I believe. Was it Tuesday? Or it was Wednesday he was yeah. on. Uh, so please look, uh, go find uh, BBC Upload radio, for Radio Newcastle. He was on there talking about the charity stream. We have a Twitch... Uh, we have a Twitch channel, we have a Tiki Tok, we have a Twitter or X or whatever the fucking hell you want to call it. <laughs> Sonoise, he has got Twitch, he has got the Velvet Snatch, he has got the Girl Podcast. <laughs> all the descriptions below, all the, things. all the things below are down there for a reason. I put them down there because not only do I want to promote our friends, I believe you will all enjoy them, especially Clone Star, Trek Culture, and the Shuttlepod. This was stemmed by the Shuttlepod show. They made <laughs> me an alcoholic. I love them to bits. <laughs> God bless you, Mark. But no, I don't have anything else to add, do you, Sonoise? Yeah, well, um, I just want to say, like, I'm really sorry, guys, but... Like, my uh, things are really busy and really crazy for me at the minute. So it's the idea of we're not decided yet about whether we're going to be doing an episode next Friday or next Saturday, simply because I don't have the time to set everything up that Goodwill has set up in order to do the stream. Mm -hmm. So it's a discussion that needs to happen between myself and Paul, who is the the god, uh, the cult leader of the Nerdy great koala of Nerdy the great koala. Uh, yeah, and I need to basically go. Hmm, can you do all of this stuff for me? So that's a discussion that needs to happen because there was talk about getting uh, doing it between me and General Kirkby or me and uh, Baron. But it's the idea of next week I am up against the wall time wise in order to get a project finished, and I'm just like going oh, I can't do something that's more than just sit down and talk, you know, for like uh, two hours. So what we'll do is we will see. So keep up with our socials, keep up with the Discord, and we will let you know. If if not, we might miss this week coming, and we might do the week after. But yeah, it's just forgive me. It's just, yeah, stressy. <laughs> we are human. We deserve rest, as I just said. But people, you know, we are we do this for the love. We we do this for the love. But we have jobs, and we are just super, super, super busy. And Sonoy's is the hardest working geesian in the northeast of England. That is very underappreciated and deserves all the support. We we were la we were laughing actually because at the Great North Run, I'm there with Chuitsa May, who is a very famous drag queen now. Obviously, we go way back, but it's like. She's very famous. She's been on the TV multiple times. She's massive in her home country of Spain and whatnot. And she might be on an upcoming drag race show oh, that is coming out soon. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone in the world knows about that leak. Um, but the, or if they don't, fuck it, they don't want, hopefully they want this. Um, but yeah, they, you know, and, and then we had people coming up to me being like, you're the Velvet Snatch, <laughs> you know, or like people being like, we saw you at Lindisfarne, you were amazing. And it was just the strangest thing. And like, and Teresa was just like going, wow, okay, this is really weird. It's just, 
because it's usually the other way. Usually people are like ignoring me and being like, oh my God, Charita. It was quite good. And she got called bag of chips at one point, which uh, I don't want to ever let her forget because uh, I take that as an insult. But if there is if there is nothing else tonight. Uh, one one last thing. If you are uh, if you are a fan of Northeast Drag, if you're a fan of Drag Idol, you will know that I do my companion show of Snatch Talk next Sunday, the 24th, I think it is. Uh, yes. Something, something like that. Yeah. Next Sunday, the 24th, uh, they are doing an all-stars winners event where basically they've gotten as many as they can, as many as they can of the previous winners of the competition to come back and put on a spectacular show at Boulevard in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. So you can go to dragidol.co.uk and book tickets and you can get tables, you can get standing and stuff like that to see the show. Obviously, I will be there. I will not be performing because I didn't even get to the fucking final of my year. <laughs> Unlike Tosa, who won it. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, so if you fancy a great night out in Newcastle and if you want to say hello to me at some point while I'm rushing around trying to interview everyone under the sun, <laughs> then do that. Anyway, yeah, there, there we go. That's all my stuff. Everyone, give... Oh, and I'm going to be streaming on Twitch after this. Everyone gives Sunai's love. <laughs> do it. Captain Let me lap it up. Until next time, my lovelies. Love. What is he doing? Okay. I'm yeah. lapping up the love. Okay, he's, he's lost the plot. Until next time, my lovelies, I will be back on October the 6th. Or will I? Ooh, delicious ambivalence. <laughs> Until next time, my lovelies, live long and prosper. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. Alamare, count two, four. Alamare, then one more. Miles? Moopsie. <laughs>